Well, welcome to Beyond the Sale podcast. We believe that information without application leads to frustration. Sales is a profession and not just a job, and investing in your sales career is key to driving success. Hey, I'm your host, Ty Bello, and today I'm joined by a very good friend, Mr. Eric Hall. Eric and I have worked together, and we've been side by side and for many, many years on a bunch of different projects. And the majority of my knowledge relative to marketing and branding really came from my time listening and engaging in conversation with Eric. I will say that he is, to me, one of the most grounded and well-read marketing and branding professionals that I've ever known and I've ever been privileged to work with. So, Eric, Welcome, and let's catch the listeners up on a little bit about your career and family, and let's go from there. Sure, Ty. It's great to be here. Uh, thanks, uh, and I would uh, second that. It's it's uh, you and I have had the opportunity to work together a lot, and uh, it's it's been great for me as well. So uh, I'm married. I have three grown kids. Uh, I have one grandchild, uh, a second on the way, and. Uh, my uh, life, I spent 15 years um, in nonprofit areas of the world and another 15 to 20 years in the for-profit world, which kind of maybe leads to some of that uh, well-rounded approach, um, all focused on marketing, branding, and digital strategy um, over the last, yeah, last 30 or so years. That's been me of well, how do we, where does digital marketing, branding, and leadership kind of intersect in this Venn diagram, if you will. And I guess I've been living at the intersection of that. Yeah, you have. And it's been great to watch your career and be a part of it. You know, I've just been alongside of you, but it's really been fascinating. I think we both share, and I really meant what I said earlier, that I've learned a great deal from you about marketing and branding. And you always you know, kind of inspire me to some degree to, you know, take a look and to dig a little bit deeper on different things that are out there. And and you are my go-to kind of tech person. Uh, most of my yeah. career, you have been that guy for sure. So in the fact that we share a few similarities in our approach or thoughts about marketing and branding uh, of a business, can can you maybe share some of the, the, the grounding principles that you believe in uh, that are there for businesses today? Yeah. I, you know, there's, Kind of as I was thinking about this, Ty, I thought of two big areas that this might be true and, and some of which we've talked a lot about. Um, uh, and a lot of it's kind of this understanding how branding and marketing might be different and um, realizing like, you know, branding is this 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 definition of why we exist. Um, I know one time you and I were working together at a company and um, we kind of referred to it with some of the help we were getting as the brand soul of the company, the soul of who is this company. And so branding is really figuring that out. Who are we? And it, you and I have talked a lot about this. It's that start with why uh, picture of, of what we're doing. And the old commercial always comes to mind on this, which is an Apple computer. And, you know, I love Apple products, but it's not just whether they're better or different. It's there's this Apple computer commercial when they were selling their new phones and touting some of the features that their um, messages app, their iMessages app had. And they had this 30 second commercial that starts all black and white. And there's this person, this guy sitting alone in a house and it's black and white and it's dark and it's cold and he's typing on his phone and a balloon that's brightly colored goes out his window. 
And this balloon travels through this forest and eventually it's a bunch of balloons and they keep gaining more and more balloons. And then the, this group of balloons makes it into the city and it's this busy, bustling, full color city. And the balloons all then work their way into this apartment. And there's this young lady in there and the balloons all come in there and she gets this message from her, we learn boyfriend that says happy birthday and her her phone explodes with these little balloons. And it's really a, a silly effect that Apple came up with. And, you know, but you think about Apple and you just watch a commercial like that and you say, what are they selling? And you go, well, they're selling technology. Yeah, but they're selling something much deeper than that. They're saying our technology helps you connect with people. And that's why we exist. Our why is we want to help people connect. And they built that, whether it's a watch, a computer, a phone, it's about helping inspire these relationships. Lately, they've kind of adjusted it to this healthy lifestyle thing. So I have an Apple watch on and it can track things. And I just saw their latest commercial with a crash test dummy rolling over in a car. And then the phone pops up and it says, it looks like you've been in an accident. Can we? And it just reinforces that we're, we happen to sell technology but our business is something much different. And I think that that why for a lot of companies, Ty, is, 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 is a powerful thing to figure out. Why do we exist is that branding question. And then moving on to marketing, it says, how does this why help my customers? If this is what I'm all about, how is it going to help my customers and how can I make them aware of it? And um, just that kind of understanding of branding and marketing, Ty, I think is is can change a company. I mean, it just, you begin everything you build. I thought when you and I were working together and we were manufacturing a product, just that simple idea of this is what we are about. Um, this, this American made born tough kind of concept, it, it could affect everything. It affected all of how we build, what we build, who our customers are, how we communicate with them, how we find them, the whole nine yards. And, and that, Understanding that brand soul, starting with why, and then developing tools that say, here's how this why, these values of who we are, are really going to reach our customer and help them and serve them and benefit them. Um, and I think that Apple story is an, a great example. Yeah, it's a great illustration. I, I do vaguely remember that uh, the balloon commercial, but the, that's, the rollover dummy one was most recent. And that, yeah, that's great. I think I saw that last night, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that a few days ago and that was like, okay, that again, it goes back to what you said at the beginning of branding. It's, it's about the soul of the company. Yeah. And you know, when, when you think of that, like for, let, let's just say small and medium sized businesses, right. Um, are, do you feel like they're committed maybe, or how could they be better committed? I should say to marketing and branding than they are today. Yeah. Um, I, my, my thought is probably not, but it's probably because as we move from this branding, which kind of makes sense to some people, when you start moving towards marketing and doing these things, um, I think it gets a bad rap, maybe, especially in medium to small size businesses, Ty. Mm -hmm. And I have a stat, I, it's on, I think I still have it on this the leaderboard on my website that a study that I think, I don't know, um, Harvard Business School or somebody did that said 80% of CEOs don't trust their marketing department, don't trust their CMOs. 80% of the CEOs don't trust them. And then that same group of CEOs, when asked about their C chief salespeople, their chief information officers, 
90% of them said, well, of course I trust my finance guys, my VP of sale, my VP of finance, but they don't trust their marketers. But 90% of them trust other these others. And you realize it's because they don't believe that the marketing department is really tied into the company's objectives, their KPIs and what they're doing. And they have no plan of how we're going to do this, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think they just see marketing as let's draw a pretty picture and now we're good. Well, I like that logo. It's pretty. So we're, we've done marketing or I've made a website. So now we've marketed. Never mind right. the hard work, Ty. And you know, this, this is what you talk about with sales all the time. Never mind the hard work of how is this website going to really contribute to our end goal? And what is our end goal? And how does marketing help identify those leads and connect me with more customers so that my sales team has more people to talk to? And there just doesn't seem to be a lot of thought about putting that plan together. Um, it's just, let's make a pretty picture. And I even wrote this, I was writing down a few notes as I thought about our conversation this morning. It's the me too approach. Well, everybody else is on Facebook, so I have to be on Facebook. Right. And I would just say, maybe, but could we talk about why? Yeah. Um, and my, my wife owns a, a small business, a dance studio. And I just, we talk about that all the time. Like we'll post pictures on Facebook and it's nice and it gets likes and she gets followers. But every year come up like June, July, August, students, young girls and some young guys renew their dance for the year and take lessons. And now it's, you know, well, we're putting on Facebook to remind people to sign up for classes. This is how we make money and registration. And, you know, it's not just, well, everybody else is on Facebook. So I got to be on, well, how do we get more leads? How do we find new students? And just even contacting, like we're on Facebook and we have a website. How many people ask about a class a month? And, you know, just for something as simple as a, a small dance studio, we tracked that and said, Here's how many new contact us we get per month and how many of those contacts that we get per month translate into I'll stop into the studio and take a tour or take one free class. And of those people that take one free class, how many sign up for a class and how many then sign up, come back the next year and want to do more classes. And I mean, to me, Ty, and I know to you, we think like this, that just seems like marketing 101. But I'm amazed at how rarely that's done. I'm amazed, like, I'll work with a company and I'll fill out their contact us form on their website and say, I'm interested, et cetera, et cetera. Give me a, shoot me an email. And it goes to the, I just feel like it goes into some black hole. I never hear from them. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, aren't you tracking this? Aren't you responding to these? Don't you know how many inquiries you get a month? And how many of those turn into real connections? And but I, I just am amazed that the answer is no. They they haven't given the time to think about this and do this. Um, and yeah, I, I always want to say maybe you're just great when you got all the business you need and you don't want anymore. But every time I interact, I'm going like I want to follow up on these um, because there's people who want to talk more and have that conversation. You said something at the very beginning that was interesting, the stat that you gave about the CEOs not trusting their their marketing departments. You, yeah. you said it was 80%. Um, 
here, here's a, a thought and, and just maybe a, a spitball kind of conversation. Do, do you think maybe some of those CEOs, it's age related? I mean, like they didn't grow up, quote unquote, with branding mm-hmm. uh, ideas or thoughts. Um, but then I look at like really established, old, traditional companies that are out there from, you know, cereal manufacturers to ketchup manufacturers and so forth. And those people aren't exactly young when they started nonetheless. And let's face it, technology wasn't even a word that they could spell back then. So they got it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not, yes, I think that's probably true. Um, I think at times there's also just this whirlwind. Uh, We've talked about this, that there's this whirlwind of activity that I have to do just to keep the lights on, you know, Um, and that's true. I, if I stop doing this, the lights go out, we don't sell product and I get so enmeshed in my whirlwind that I can't step out of that to say, hold on just a second and ask these questions. But I think, I mean, companies have been doing this forever. Ty, I just bought a, um, a used pickup truck. And it's a Lincoln, which I didn't know Lincoln made a pickup truck, but it was, I found it. And, and it just got me thinking when I, when I say a, a, a Lincoln car, um, certain um, trim line finishes come to mind because of that. And that's an older brand. It's been around a long time, but you just think, has it dis- distinguished itself to represent something? You know, if I say I bought, uh, you know, any brand of electric car, you know, does that, does if I say I bought a Tesla, does that brand stand for something? Does it, you know, um, and I, I, you know, whether it's newer or older, I think you've seen this. And then, of course, um, the companies that are successful at this have figured out that mark, that branding piece of what do we stand for? Who are we? What makes us distinct? Why should somebody buy? me versus my competitor. Um, and uh, I, I get that figured out. And then they've done the, the hard work of figuring out how are we going to track that? And how are we going to connect with our customer? What's our plan to do this? Um, I drive down the highway and look at the billboards on the highway all the time. And I'm just amazed sometimes at the, the billboards. And I want to say, can you tell me like company X that I saw that bought a builder? Can you tell me about the amount of, you know, contact you were getting before that billboard? Then you bought that billboard where people are shooting down the highway at 75 miles an hour. And now how much traffic are you getting after that billboard? Like, is it working for you? Because I'm not sure that I'm driving down the highway um, and see this billboard going, you know what? I was just now thinking about that and I'm going to get that product. Um, higher education is a great one. I, I see a lot of higher education college billboards and maybe it works for them. I'm not the expert, but I just wonder how many you know, college or high school seniors were thinking about your college, saw the billboard and contacted you? Or was it just, well, other colleges are doing it, so I have to do it too. Other people are on Instagram, so I have to do. Other people are on TikTok, so I have to be too. And I, I'm just not sure there's a lot of intentionality and thought. And if I could bring anything to the marketing side of that equation, once we figure out this sole question, 
I would just keep saying, can we apply a little bit of intentionality here? Can we say, what are we trying to accomplish? What's our baseline right now? All right, let's move one stick and let's remeasure what happens. Are those billboards helping us? Is the multi-million dollar Super Bowl ad helping us? Or does it just make us look cool? Like did sales tick up? Because if it didn't, why are we, why are we doing? Did we get more leads? Did we get more contact us? Did we, are we having more conversations? Do we have more opportunities? You know, if if not, why would we keep spending this money? You know, let's try something else. And I just I don't find that conversations happening a lot of time. And I think the biggest reason, circling back to your question, might just be either a lack of understanding or just that whirlwind of activity. Um, and you talk about this a lot of the intentionality, breaking out of that whirlwind a little bit and just ask a simple question today. Is this working? And then if not, let's start to change it. That's good. Really good. And you know, you you really kind of laid out my next question that I had for you a little bit in that, um, yeah. but I'd like maybe you to just go a little bit deeper, maybe if you could. And the question is this, if, if you were to advise a, a business owner today on where and even maybe how they should begin their marketing and branding for their business, what are, what are the, like the top three or so things that you would strongly encourage and recommend them to do? Yeah. Well, I wrote down, I was thinking about this question exactly. You and I talked, I wrote down, I wrote, interesting enough, I wrote down three things, three ideas um, kind of in that. And so um, I, some of this is reiterating, but, you know, I, I would challenge them. Um, let's make sure we understand this why question that we've batted around a lot here of why do you exist? Tell me about the company. What makes you, I would really emphasize what makes you unique. Um, I would, uh, this is a higher education example, but every college says our program, our, uh, our major in whatever the thing is, is excellent and stands out and is above. And um, sometimes I'll talk to the people that are hiring those in that position and you go, you know, it really isn't. It, it, there's just only a couple colleges are so much better than every other college that if you get a, a candidate from Harvard, well, okay, I'm going to hire them. I think everybody else is, you know, one may be slightly better, but hiring managers and HR managers are like, no, I'm looking for something else. Well, what is that that makes you distinct? So I would really focus on that. What makes you distinct? And rarely is it my product is so unique. I'm the only one that has it. It's just, it's just not true. We like to think I'm better than everybody else, but try to figure that out is one, that why question. Number two, I would say, let's start with the end and work backwards. So if I, when you and I work together, I want Ty and the sales team to close sales. So what do they need to close sales? Well, they need qualified leads. Well, what do they need to get qualified? They need just leads in general. And then we just kept working back and say, how am I going to find these people? So if I, and then if I know that closing, like just my wife at a small example, if I know that signing up one new student for a dance class 
will bring in X amount of dollars. If it brings in $100 of profit, okay, well, one new student is worth $100. How many leads do I have to get to get one? Well, for every three visits to our studio, one of those three signs up for a class. Okay, so I got to get three visits. For everybody who fills out a form, one out of 10 come in. So I, I got to get 30 forms filled out to represent three visits to represent one person that's worth $100. So it's still $100. If I have to advertise to get those people, as long as I'm spending less than $100, I'm still making money. And that work at the end and work backwards, I just don't find it done. And if I'd stop in at a company and say, how much value does one new customer bring to you? What do they bring in in a sale? Well, the average first purchase is $5,000. And that represents $1,000 of net profit. And over the lifetime value of that client, that customer, they end up buying from us 10 times in, on average. And okay, well, that means that any new client is worth $10,000. Okay, well, if that's what they're worth, if I have to spend this much in advertising to get them, is it worth it? You know, and so I would just talk about define the end and let's work backwards from there to try to figure out what we're willing to spend. Am I willing to put in a billboard? Am I willing to redo my website? Am I willing to create new things? Because this is what it's worth. And then the third piece of advice I give everybody is let's focus on digital advertising. And the reason I'm so big on digital advertising, whether it's a better website, social, paid advertising on Google, um, paid search, image-based search. The reason I'm big is that everything on digital can be measured. And I know if it works. And when I would put out stuff for clients, I would say, they would say, well, do you like the red one or the yellow one better? And I'd say, well, give me 30 days and I'll let you know. Because let's put each one out there and see which one works. Well, the red one worked better. Okay, well, I like the red one better because it worked. And we can measure it. We can measure every ad. We can measure every click. We can find out if those clicks resulted in a contact us or a, um, a request for quote or whatever. And it's measurable. And once I know what works, what kind of imaging works better? Do pictures of people work better or pictures of dogs work better? Well, let's test it and find out. Then that can influence every kind of advertising and every kind of marketing I do. When I go into print pieces, I know I want to include pictures of X because digital has already proved to me those pictures work. This headline is more likely to capture attention than that headline. And so I tell people, let's focus on digital because we can measure it and know what works. But that assumes that we've created the culture that measures things in the first place. So that may be a big learning curve. All right. Those I don't are, know. Those are three ideas I threw out, Ty. Those are three great ideas to throw out to anyone that's considering it. A few things in there too is just don't look at it. I know you use this as an illustration. Don't just look at it for a month or even 30 days. You've got to give this some time yeah. uh, because more than likely you haven't really done a effective job of your marketing, uh, specifically in media, uh, whether that's the right, um, the right color or they're putting ads out there, whatever that might be. I find sometimes leaders are very, very quick to judge 
their investment and immediately say there's no return on investment in social media or in brand or in marketing of my company. And, and I think that's a little, pre, I think that's premature because again, you said, let's start at the end. Okay. The end has got to have some sort of a timeline on it also. And, and I, I would encourage owners, leaders to consider that also. Don't just get in it. Don't dip your toe in there. Let, let's get in at least knee deep. I'm not saying dive in yet, but let's get knee deep, but let's have a real plan like Eric described and then let's attack it and let's go after that and measure everything that we possibly can, uh, as Eric said, because on, on the media side of it, you can measure those things. And that's, to me, that's that's very, very important. Those metrics, that understanding of those numbers, as Eric said at the beginning of that was, you know, what he wants for me and my sales team is to give us qualified leads. Yeah. Okay. And, and I want that too. So um, yeah, that, that, you're, you're, you're spot on. I thought that was great. Really, really great. Yeah. And I just thought of when you, when you and I worked together in one of our projects, you know, we were both working for this manufacturing and success was essentially signing up new dealers to sell the product. And I remember Ty, we talked and when I, I was working at getting new um, dealer request forms, whatever we called them at the time that I want to be a dealer forms filled out. And we were starting to see that, that number tick upwards, but then you and I talked, and you go, hey, Eric, you're giving me, you know, 10 more of these a month, which is great, but they're all worthless. You know, they aren't panning out. So you're getting more activity, but it's not the right people yet. Okay, well, let's go back then to the drawing board and find out, well, I'm giving Ty and his sales team more people to call, but almost none of them are panning out. These aren't qualified leads. They're just generic forms. And so that's where I think the sales and marketing team play so well together of saying, all right, I've given you 10 leads, but they are bad ones. Okay, well, how do we change it? You know, of course, some of that we can't control. You never know. But yeah, we were able to begin to filter that process out. And then I'm able to say, hey, Ty, our marketing department, we sent over five leads that all look pretty qualified. Where are you at on those? Not because I'm holding you accountable or you're I'm your boss, but just because we're in this together. And I kind of feel connected to these five leads. You know, hey, our team found five this month and sent them to sales to follow up on where you at sales. How's it going? Tell me because I want to celebrate that we signed two new dealers and that could have a pretty significant lifetime value then for the company to sign those two new dealers. And those two departments that actually worked together that saw themselves, you know, marketing was steps one, two, and three, but sales were steps four, five, six, and seven. And, and, that doesn't even take manufacturing and ops and finance into the equation, but yeah, I mean that that idea that we're just stepping along this same timeline together. Again, I, I yeah, I just think that's not always the case in a lot of agreed. especially small to medium sized businesses. Yeah, totally agreed. Well, you know, this is titled right beyond the sale podcast and salespeople by about this time are probably saying, okay, we've been talking about marketing and branding. How in the world does that relate to me? Well, I think you've already transitioned to that to some degree. Yeah. And and my thought is exactly what you said. My professor in college in marketing, he said he didn't use brand. He just used marketing. Marketing is the dog. Hmm. Sales is the tail. I'm going to include brand in there now and say branding is the heart of the dog. And because it understands the soul, right? It understands the soul of the business. Marketing then is the thing that puts that soul into motion. Mm -hmm. And then the sales is the back, is the tail. Un unfortunately, you've heard me say this, sometimes the tail wags the dog. Yeah. And that's not the way it should be. It really should be the branding, the marketing 
then gives us those qualified leads and then we go after them. But in there lies another thing. And that is this, and, I, and, and I'd love you to speak about this. You said it a little bit. When you hand over that qualified lead to my, me and my, my sales team, we've got to have a process. Hmm. So, I mean, if you think about that, and, and I, we, I run into companies all the time that get these qualified leads and then there's no process here. I heard this just yesterday. One company, they, they're getting qualified leads. And this is what they said. They said, yeah, we've got a young lady. She makes outbound phone calls to all of those qualified leads that we get in, and she does it one day a week. And I said, okay, great. And then what? No, no, that's what she does. She, she calls one day a week. If she doesn't reach them, that's it. We're done. That's not a sales strategy. So help me, right? Help me understand that. B build that bridge for me between the marketing and the sales and how those two should really, really interact better together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that example is just spot on. You could take that example and apply it, apply it in so many uh, different ways. But like, I have a to-do app on my phone and computer, you know, that tracks what I'm supposed to do today and those kind of things. And I just think of like when I have a to-do that says email Ty Bella, like, and so I'll do that today, and then I'll check it off. But when I check off those things, I never check them off without adding another. To do so, one of my morning rituals is to check to dos that I didn't need to follow up on. So, like, if my task was today, it's a Thursday as we're recording this. On Thursday, email Ty Bello about the contract or whatever, um, and then I do that, check it off, and then make another one for Tuesday of next week. Follow up with Ty Bello about the contract, and so you, being Ty Bello, you would respond to me, and I'd probably hear from you today or at the latest tomorrow. And so come Tuesday, I can just check that off because I didn't need to follow up because the, you know, and just simple processes like that, Ty, that allow me to start to say, here's what I'm going to do um, are just powerful, powerful things um, of, and again, we had this, uh, the simplest illustration, but it just made me think of my wife and new people, new families coming into her dance studio and I, I remember because I, I help her and sit in the office and do some of the office work uh, in the evenings. And they said, well, I said, well, why did you get connected with us? And I love it when they say, well, we Googled you and found you and da, 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 da. And we do some paid advertising for her and that kind of stuff. But and then they said they said something, Ty, that just caught my attention. You were the only one who replied. Hmm. You were the only one that followed up. Um, and that doesn't mean that the other studios that they reached out to never said anything. It meant that Becky didn't drop them. She, they, she didn't just reach once and say, you know, if you're interested, no, she stayed on these people and she didn't hound them. She wasn't obtrusive, but, you know, and we'd get responses like, oh, thanks for that second email. I totally forgot or I was on vacation and didn't have time. And just that process is so, so important. And that's, you know, we set that up when we did marketing and I, I think it's sales. I think it's the same thing. And then it's coming back and saying to marketing or other departments, I'm having trouble getting in touch with these people. Why, you know, why is that? What's happened? And we brainstorm that problem. But yeah, having some kind of a process here. Um, when I ran, I was totally independent running my own marketing and digital firm. I would, I had little note cards I would write 
to clients and people. And every Monday morning, I would take three or four of them out and put them on my desk so that the, by the end of the week, they were gone. And some weeks I was kind of making up excuses to write notes to clients. But, you know, that was just my process. I was going to write four notes, handwritten cards to clients a week and make sure they got out. Um, and sometimes I had to kind of stretch and now just apply that to sales calls or sales visits. I'm going to do four visits a month. And sometimes you might have to kind of stretch for, a, I'm going to drive, we did this one time, I'm going to drive all the way down to Nashville area and have coffee with a sales guy that we're working with or with a, a purchasing guy actually that we're working with. And it's a 30 minute meeting on his way to work. But I drove seven hours to Nashville for a 30 minute meeting with this guy and came back. And I was kind of, because that's the process. I didn't want to drop him. when we follow up, we don't, we don't give up. Yeah. Well, there might be a saying there, but yeah, it's just, that process is so important. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff, man. That's great. I, I knew you'd fill our time together yeah. very, very well. And I'm, I'm sure I'm already thinking of, you know, round two with Eric Hall and I'm sure it's <laughs> going to happen without question, but thanks. Thanks for taking the time out of your extremely busy day. Uh, I really do appreciate that. And folks, thanks thanks for listening today. You know, uh, we really know that you've got time and you spend it wisely. And we're thankful and grateful that you're spending it with us here at Beyond the Sale Podcast. And don't forget, we believe that information without application really does lead to frustration. Sales really is a profession and not just a job. And we do believe that you should invest in your sales career especially if you're looking to drive success. So please make today, my friends, make today productive and not just active. You do have a choice with all of that. And salespeople, let, let's bring, be a resource. Let's bring content. Let's not just bring food and candy and things like that. Let's really bring something valuable, even what Eric said, a handwritten note to our clients, to those that we haven't heard from for a while, or those that we have, either way, really important. And so, folks, please uh, stay tuned for the next Beyond the Sale podcast. This concludes this episode. We look forward to speaking with you very soon. Have a great day.